to Holistically You podcast. My name is Sam and I am your host. This is a holistic destination for athletes, foodies, and health seekers just like you who want to live a more wholesome life. My mission is to create conversations that will help you boost your performance, life, and overall health through food, natural remedies, and mindset changes. So follow along with me to change your health for the better and become a happier, wholer you. Hi guys, welcome back to part two of two for episode three, all about sleep. So I just cleaned my room, I have my diffuser on, I have a candle lit, my Christmas lights turn on, and I'm ready to get into it. I'm feeling good, I freaking clean through my room, and sometimes just, just great, it's just a great feeling, you know, feeling refreshed. So we're back. And thank you for your patience on the release of this episode. I truly thank you. But I'm going to give you the reason why it took so long to come out. And why it was even split up into two parts in the first place. So let me just get real for a second. Um, I redid the episode like seven times. And the first cut I had was a full, it was both parts together. And I was about to publish it and I was like, oh my god, I hate it. I hate it. Like, I was literally, like, listening to just make sure the sound sounded good and and last-minute touches, and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not putting this out into the world. I, who is this girl, you know? And every time I started it, like, I had to delete it because, you know, I just didn't, I felt fake when I was recording it and then listening back. I, I felt this like overwhelming sense of imposter syndrome. And I feel like looking up to all these amazing leaders in the health world, like I just want to be like them. And I just want to put myself in this role of here's research. I do this in my life and it works because that's what they do. I mean, it seems from my point of view but sometimes that's not real. And for me, right now, it's not real. And my podcast, this is my podcast, and it's for you. And it's not for them. I don't have to follow the script like they do. I don't have to, you know, have all the world health leaders on this and, and tell you guys all the exact science facts behind it. Is it cool to me? Yes. But... Last week, I really realized I wasn't really ready to do it yet. And so this is part two. And I will leave the time stamp down below of when I kind of, um, after I wrap up sleep, I kind of just touch on where I'm at, where this is going to go, what I'm going to be here for you guys. So um, click on the show notes or look on the show notes for if you want to just skip ahead to that. But if you want to look at or learn about sleep, then you know what? I'm going to follow through with my word. I'm going to, you know, stick true to the integrity that I have and the fact that I put it out there that I was going to talk about sleep. I'm going to follow through with that. So if you want to hear it and that's what you're here for, then awesome. I'm going to do that for you. But also I'm going to get real at the end and kind of recap where I'm at, where I'm going kind of thing. So this is part two, and I really, to be honest, I really want to delete part one, but for the sake of growing and feeling failure and moving on from failure, I'm going to leave it. Um, And, you know, maybe in a few years, 
I'll look back and I'll chuckle a little. Um, and cringe a little, maybe. But I have all this info about sleep, and I really want to share it because so many people in my life struggle with sleep. I mean, we all do sometimes. To be honest, right now, I am. I'm struggling. I'm struggling hard. So let's get into it and, you know, maybe find some key ways that we can really switch up our sleep habits and really optimize just our mental well-being and overall well-being. So as I touched in part one, there's the sleep doctor, Dr. Michael Bruce, um, definitely looked up some of his stuff and some of his key recommendations. Um, And this is a lot of stuff that you know, I know can be implemented in everyday life, right? So there's creating a sleep schedule. There's the the, the factors of caffeine and alcohol and the exercise window and um, sunlight and bedtime routines and electronic curfews and just overall how how this can affect our performance in not only sport but performance in school, performance in the workplace. So starting out with a sleep schedule for your your daily routine, so, so your daily sleep schedule. And what's important to note, and I did touch on this a little before, was even on the weekends we should be having this sleep schedule. We have something called the circadian rhythm. And that signals for you when it's time to go to bed, when when to wake up, um, when to regulate your sleep cycles. Um, and to be honest, everyone's is different. Um, they, they say in the health world, there's this there's this really popular like 10 to 2, 10 to 2. You should be falling asleep from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And um, this is how you you get sleep and um i've even heard which is really random i've heard like it can actually that window doubles your sleep time it's like you're sleeping twice as much but how can we how can we track that you know how can you truly truly measure that right so i talked if you hadn't taken the chronotype quiz yet definitely go back and do that um because that will kind of tell you whether you're a night owl an early riser Stuff like that. So then you can start creating this consistent routine and consistent wake-up time so that you can signal to your body, okay, it's ready to go to bed. It's ready to wake up. And the wake-up time is really important. What's important to note is the optimal time, total time that you're sleeping, and the total quality of that sleep. So we have sleep cycles, and they each last about 90 minutes. There's wake there's stage one, there's stage two, we go into three and four, we go back to stage two, and we go into REM. And the important thing about these sleep cycles is that in the first third of the night, we're getting our deep rejuvenating sleep. We're getting our physically rejuvenating sleep. And in the last one third of the night, we're getting our mentally restorative sleep, that REM sleep, that mental, that brainwashing um, that glymphatic system really working, uh, flushing out toxins in the brain, um, and that is why it's so mentally restorative. So if we're not getting that optimal time window, and you know that eight to ten hours is really glorified, but you know looking at it, ninety minutes each cycle, about six to nine hours of sleep we should be getting, quality 
consistent so that our body goes right into that stage one, right into that stage two. We can really, really plug away and get both the physically and the mentally restorative sleep. So creating a schedule is going to really help optimize your circadian rhythm, signals to your body that it's ready to go to bed. And, you know, you eventually kind of wake up at that same time. Um, Sometimes without an alarm, I wake up at the same time every day just because I'm starting to get used to that, like, one-hour window, like, from, like, 6 to 7 usually. Um, And we do need that extra hour of sleep sometimes. Like, sometimes I feel great after, like, a nine-hour night of sleep, right? So we can't just discount that. But, um Definitely being as consistent as possible is definitely going to be optimal. So during the day, how do we get ourselves ready? How do we get our our um, body kind of optimized for this resting state at night? So caffeine plays a role. Exercise plays a role. Alcohol plays a role. So caffeine, I don't know if you know, but it has a half-life of six to eight hours, which essentially means six to eight hours after you consume it, it's still in your system. Half of it, half that amount will still be in your system. So your quality of sleep, you know, if you have that past 2 p.m. and you go to bed at 10 p.m., your quality of sleep is is inhibited. The alpha alpha waves in your sleep are going to be inhibited and it's not going to be a restorative night of sleep. Pushing that window up a little earlier in the day. Um, is really, really optimal, and also not having it first thing. I touched on this in Healthy Habits, having water first thing, because while we sleep, we lose about one liter of water in um, our breath, through our breath and breathing. Um, So we want to rehydrate first thing. So they say 90 minutes after you wake up to 120 minutes, which is not really realistic for most people. I would say about 30 to 60. Just go a little bit of time without just putting it in your system first thing. You know, I think we're, we, we assume that we're, it wakes us up, but actually caffeine is a molecule in the body. It's only one in structure. It's only one molecule off from adenosine. They're so similar in structure. And adenosine, what that is, is a molecule that builds up the brain for sleep. So in the formula, if they're they're that close, they compete for the receptor site. So caffeine binds to the receptor site. It mimics that sleep feel. It covers up that sleep feeling. So, you know, we're stimulated. And we, we feel as if we're awake but really we're just pushing off that time window to go to bed. We're pushing off that adenosine from, from binding to the receptor sites and telling us and signaling to the brain that it's time to go to bed. So past 2 p.m. should wean off the caffeine. It's going to be in your system at night. It's going to affect the type of sleep that you get. And, um, you know, it's not just about the minutes or hours of, that you get. It's about the quality of sleep. So alcohol is another substance that can be abused Um, because that actually takes an hour for every drink that you have to get out of your system. So sometimes we think like, oh, but it knocks me out. You know, after I have an alcohol, I'm out. You may be out, but your, your brain is being filled with these toxins and it's having to work to flush out all those toxins and it's, you know, inhibiting the restorative, mentally restorative sleep, the physically restorative sleep, which is why you feel so hungover and why you feel so dehydrated 
the next day. So your performance is just going to it's going to be a little bit one step behind if you if you push up the alcohol and take too close to bedtime. So that's that's something. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily struggle with that part because I don't drink a lot, but I know many do and I know many say, "Oh, well, it puts me right to bed." But the important thing to know is if you're so concerned with how you feel the next morning, maybe push up that time window, that 5 to 7 p.m., that like happy hour kind of thing. Um, it's actually known the drinks are um, supposedly energizing you during that time window. And then about after like 8 p.m., it starts to have like the mentally um, cognitive kind of slowing fogginess, um, drowsiness, that kind of effect on the body. So alcohol, caffeine, they're really, really abused in this country and honestly all over. So those things really play a role. So maybe if you are sleeping not that great, maybe kind of scale back on a while, see, see how you're feeling. Um, I definitely need to follow through with that with caffeine. I was just relying on caffeine to get me through and I was having it later in the day and then I go to bed and I'm kind of awake and I'm wondering like, why am I not sleeping as well? And also, I'm not having it, or I'm having too much of it in the morning, so I'm not eating a lot in the morning. And then at night, I'm waking up in the middle of the night, and I'm like, why am I so hungry? It is not good. It's not good. And that affects the quality of your soup, too. The things right? in, during the day all lead up to what happens at night. Moving on to exercise, uh, the window... Of time before bed, they say two to four hours, you shouldn't be exercising that close to bed. Why? Because when we work out, what gets released? Endorphins. Endorphins get released, and we kind of have this wake-up euphoric feeling after you exercise. So when you have that too close to bed, you're on go-go-go mode. You're on go-go-go. So if you work out too late, and I understand everyone's schedules are different, um, sometimes we can't change that at school. We don't have say over practice time, stuff like that. Um, but establishing some cues, um, establishing a really solid bedtime routine after that workout. And if you are a very anxious person, honestly, um, bedtime workouts or, or near the evening workouts can be really beneficial for relieving some anxiety. Um, so that is something important to know, but um, maybe just having some cues with you, you know, whether that's an essential oil or um, some little steps that you take, a little skincare routine, a candle, um, something to calm your body down. And this happens over time. Um, it happens to catch on, you know, after a series of days, after a lot of trial and error with seeing what works, what doesn't, um, you know, establishing a good routine. And going into bedtime routines, this is something that is so important in my life because I know if I don't do it or if I'm in a different environment, it's really hard for me to get to, to go to bed. And I'm very fortunate. I get to travel a lot, stuff like that. So having these things is really, really important. Having these things that you can travel with, that you can, you know, if you sleep at a friend's house, you can have something that will get you to go to bed. I would say, <clears throat> contrary to popular belief, you know, contrary to what everyone is telling you on social media, you should never go to bed hungry. 
and this is this is something that should be implemented before the night routine um because you don't you don't want to eat too close to bed i i typically go to bed about 10 30 11 if i'm being realistic it's more 11 um on most nights with school but i have like 8 to 8 30 window i have like a night snack and you know what's funny is they're so demonized, right? Carbs, so demonized. But carbs, like good quality, real food carbs, actually help you sleep. It it increases their serotonin. It increases mel- the melatonin production. And you can actually have a quality night of sleep. And you won't even wake up hungry, first off. And that's going to be vital for getting you through the full night. Um... And, you know, try it, test it out, see what's going to work for you, you know, make some homemade granola, have a little bit of that, um, you know, make a, a little, have a sweet potato with a little nut butter. Um, you can have, sometimes I chop up a frozen banana and I put a little nut butter on it or a bowl of Greek yogurt with some chocolate chips, like dark chocolate, um, cacao, something rich with magnesium, like we touched on in the last episode. Um, so having a couple pieces of dark chocolate, um, just something to get you through something to hold you over after dinner to carry you through the night and to release some of that serotonin, get the, get the melatonin vibes out there, um, and just kind of calm your system. So you want to look for calming foods, not something spicy. That's a no go. It's a no-go on the digestion. You know, not something super highly processed, high in fat. Um, Just a good quality snack before bed. So that can be implemented. Um, And then the next step, I would say, would be to establish an electronic curfew. And that's something I've actually stopped or started doing. And it's honestly been great. And lately, I've been on Instagram a lot more just because I've started my account and I'm just like constantly worried about followers and I'm scrolling and I'm like trying to connect with people and la 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 and I've had to like hit ignore it'll be like 10 15 it'll be like okay turn off your apps or whatever all the apps are shut off and I'll like have to go into Instagram it'll be like your curfew whatever and I'll hit ignore and then I'll hit remind me in 15 minutes and then it just does it again and again every 15 minutes again comes up ignore remind me in 15 minutes and what it's kind of signaling to me it's it's like signaling like oh shit it's time to go to bed and not only that it's like electronics have a blue spectrum so you hear all the time right like blue light blockers what even are those the blue light spectrum on your computers and on our tablets and on our phones they signal to the body to produce more daytime hormones. Our cortisol goes up, our melatonin is down, and therefore, it's hard to fall asleep. (laughs) Blue light glasses, they're like, if you get like an orange tinted glasses, they're they're not like super cute by any means, but they have a kickback of those daytime hormones. Um, they, They filter out that blue light so that we aren't producing, you know, the cortisol is not going up. We're not inhibiting our melatonin pr- production. And, you know, they're not perfect by any means, but it, but it helps. 
and night shift on devices as well. That's really going to help. I My computer looks like orange at night because I put on the highest like setting on Apple. Um, you know, you can put like the highest setting of, of night shift on and like tint it to where it's like not even blue at all. And I do that on my phone too. I do bedtime mode and, and the... Um, I just turn the blue light really far down so that, you know what, in this day and age, we can't be perfect, but we can sure as hell try to do ways that were better than, you know, maybe three years ago or last year or, you know, um, because we, the research is there and we just gotta, the research is there and how much that electronics affect our sleep and we're going to try to find any way around that. Um, you know, if you have to be on your computer till 12 a.m., um, by all means, throw some blue light glasses on, turn the night shift on your computer, and I guarantee that you'll be in a better position than you were if you were to do nothing. That sure. is something that's going to be vital. Um, what else during the bedtime routine? Drinking a lot of water before, um, having a candle, having something like that signals to your olfactory system, that signals, smells are, are a great scent to cue your body that it's ready for sleep. Um, smells are really, really strong. I put on a diffuser. I use typically like one or two oils. I use like an On Guard, which is like a immune, immune Guard one, and then a Serenity blend, which is like a calming one. And if you don't believe in those things, that's cool. But you can believe the science that a cell or a smell signals to our brain a memory and it's so strongly correlated to memory. And so when we smell that same smell, our, bo- our brain remembers, oh, time to go to bed. That's why pillow sprays work. That's why using the same lotion before bed works. It signals to your brain that it's ready to get a quality night's sleep. So, you know, you can put a candle on, you can do a skincare routine. I have this um, serum. Not only am I doing a nice skincare routine and getting really clean before bed, but <clears throat> this serum that I use has a, has a very distinct smell, and it's, it's a great smell. It's a very cleansing. But when I put that on, I'm, I'm, like, used to going to bed right after I put that on. You can even listen to, like, a vibration if you really have trouble um, going to bed. I found this when I'm go through those periods of like, I can't fall asleep to save my life. I do everything right. I read, I I have a bedtime routine. I have, um, you know, I didn't drink caffeine that day. Sometimes you just don't sleep well. When I go through those, like, you know, I need a last resort kind of thing. I listen to a vibration on YouTube and Uh. you can listen to like a calming one, like a calming frequency. And you can just stick your headphones in And sometimes I do like a positive energy one. Sometimes I do like a meditative state one. And it's like the simple sound, the simple frequency. It's not music. There's no lyrics. There's no nothing to like, you know, even when you're listening to classical music, like to go to bed, like sometimes there's that crazy scene or crazy chorus where it just goes crazy on the freaking violin. I don't even know. Um, So, you know, I don't want to get woken up at 3 a.m. from freaking Mozart's violin I don't know um so I try to stick to something very simple and the frequencies actually you can raise your true vibration 
you can raise your self-awareness and you can raise your positive energy levels by just actually listening to a healing frequency. So it's super simple. Look it up on YouTube, healing frequency, like meditative frequency. Just it there, There's like six hour ones and you can just listen to it and kind of put yourself in like that sleep mode, that, that relaxed, even tone mode. Reduce the stress in any way we can. The bedtime routine is all about reducing stress, getting yourself ready for that optimal night of sleep. Once we're in bed, what's going to be really important when we wake up is, and one of the key tips that I found was so interesting, was 15 minutes of morning sunlight. So we talked about blue light, right? Blue light is like this, it's like 4 inches, 60 nanometers, Obviously, it affects the cells. I told you it shuts off melatonin in the brain. You know, when we're up and alert, it signals to the brain that it's morning. We have the photoreceptors, obviously. I mean, it's very intuitive, right? We know when the sun is up, we're more awake. Millions of years ago, you know, we woke up with the sun. We went to bed with the sun. Sometimes our lifestyles aren't optimal for that. So when we do get up, to signal that it's truly getting, we're truly getting up and we're up and alert and ready for the day, 15 minutes of sunlight in the morning. You know, it's beneficial in many ways. It's beneficial in, um, you know, your overall mood. Connecting with nature is going to get you so grounded. They say grounding um, actually has like an electrochemical energy. Um, I, I can't make this stuff up, guys. I can't make it up. Okay, some people think it's woo woo, whatever. There's science. It's electrochemical energy of us truly grounding with the earth. And I have in a city apartment. I can't do that. But what I do have is two beautiful big windows. Um, I luckily live on the side. I live on the east um, or my window face east. So I do get to see the sun rise up in the morning and I try to just open my blinds right away and get those 15 minutes of sun. We're already vitamin D deficient as it is if you're like anything like me and live in the freaking Midwest and we're in January in the Midwest. Um, yeah, we don't see the sun a lot. Um, so I have to supplement with vitamin D. Um, and it's helpful anyways to just get that motion of the sun. And if it's cloudy, you know, stand near a window. It's the same thing. It's signaling to the body that it's up and ready to go. Cue the fire station. Hey, guys. Lovely. Love that sound. That gets me to bed. You know, it's funny. I get so used to that sound that I actually, when I go home and it's so quiet, I can hear crickets. It's like weird to me. See, that's so funny about the body. We adapt. Like, we adapt. I get used to that siren sound. I do. And when I go home, I'm like, it's too quiet. Need to put on a fan or something. But um, anyways... So getting, getting some sunlight in the morning, signaling to those melanopsin cells, getting the photoreceptors ready to light, and just signaling that we're, we're awake, essentially. So that is like a sleep diet, right? Let's recap it a little bit. It's kind of all over the place. We had the sleep schedule daily. We had caffeine, not past 2 p.m. We had no alcohol within three hours of bedtime. Um, we had stop exercising, maybe case by case, two to four hours before bed. Um, we had get a bedtime snack. Um, and remember the quality of this does matter, but the fact that we're intaking energy a little bit before bed, 
again, it's going to be really beneficial. It's going to help you sleep through the night, especially if you don't eat enough during the day. And, um, you know, once that's done, we can establish a bedtime routine. We can make that electronic curfew. We can wear those blue light glasses. Uh, we can put night shift on our devices. We can stay hydrated. We can signal cues with candles or diffusers. Um, and we can have a solid skincare routine. We can listen to a vibration um, and um, use our bed for sleeping only as much as possible. So that's, I didn't touch on that before, but you typically, if you can, if you have the, the luxury, um, just using your bed for sleep as much as possible, not trying to do your homework in it too much, not trying to, to eat in it too much, just optimizing that bed for sleep, just kind of establishing it and getting used to consistency and getting used to doing that. Optimize our sleep. Let's do it. It's 2021. We have got to figure out a good sleep schedule, guys. We have to. Why is it so important? It's important in the recovery, right? And I touched on this before, but our performance is truly affected. The results happen overnight. We're not just getting results after we work out. You know, like your body just doesn't change in an hour. I can't just like go on for an hour run and like my muscles just didn't automatically change. You know, we didn't go to that gym and get that pump, that like leg day grind. We we didn't just like pop quads right after it, right? Like stress plus rest equals growth. Love that quote. Got it? I don't know if I said it in part one. If I did, wow, I'm sorry. I'm really overshouting out that phrase, but it's something we can actively partake in getting the results overnight that is actually doing work for us we don't think it does we think it's go 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 get in the gym get really swole whatever the results happen overnight trust me on a consistent basis you will see results you will see the inflammation go down you will see the muscle pump a little bit more um you know, and when you when we suffer from a lack of sleep, not only are we inflamed, but our mood is affected. And when we reduce stress, we boost our sleep. It's a whole cycle. And um, you know what it's like, like after you didn't get a good night of sleep, or if you like you 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 know you have a horrible night of sleep. What do you feel like? You feel hungover. <laughs> and I know that most of the time that's not even true because I know for a fact I didn't drink the night before. But, like, I feel hungover. I feel like it takes me so long to get my day started. And and then that throws me in a tizzy. Like, if I stay up too late on a Saturday, oh, my gosh. If I don't get my Sunday off to a right note, I am super anxious for the week. If I don't wake up and start my planner and look at the schedule for the week and plan out practices, and, and if I don't do that in the morning and then then I feel behind on my homework and then when I feel behind on my homework, I get super stressed and then it just, your night a night of sleep can literally do that to the whole next day. You know, I just, I think it affects our mood on a larger scale than we think. And actually like on average, an underslept person eats about 300 to 500 calories more extra on average than a person who gets a quality good sleep balance over the course of the week 
it's so interesting because you get your day started, right? And then you miss breakfast. And then what do you do? You eat a big lunch or you have a huge dinner or you have a night snack or your whole day is shoved into this like five hour window in the, in the late part of the day. And you just are like ravenous and stuff like that. Or you can't regulate the times that you're eating. You can't listen to your body as much. It, it goes so much further than we think. And I touched on the glymphatic system before. I don't know if I explained it, but it's essentially like a network of vessels that like clear waste from your central nervous system. And that happens like mostly during sleep. So if this disrupted, like it contributes to diseases of the brain, you know, every organ system is affected by sleep. Disease states are cancer cells multiply faster. We, oh, we tend to overreact. I know I do. When I don't have a good night of sleep, oof. Good luck with my wrath. No, I'm just kidding. But sometimes, sometimes I'm really irritable. And sometimes things bother me more. And then it makes me feel like a shitty person. But it's really like, I'm like, sorry, I just, I didn't sleep well, you know? And it always comes back to that. So I want to show up and I want to be the best version of myself. And what I can do for that is not only get my day off to a right note, you know, do the right things, have the right nutrition, have the right exercise during the day. And then I can go and knowingly have a good quality night of sleep, if possible, you know, if possible. You know what causes an overreact? And then, you know, what's funny is it causes an overreaction. But when it comes to reaction time, we're three times slower. Um, And disease states as well. It can actually, like a lack of sleep can cause insulin resistance, which puts us into like a pre-diabetic state. All these things are affected by sleep. It's so funny. And that's why I wanted to touch on this in the beginning because it is a basis for everything. It's the basics. We're going back to the basics. Simple. Sleep. Mm, Simple? Nah, not so much. A lot lot goes into it. I think it's interesting. Let's go over Uh, some signs that you're making progress, right? Maybe you are sleeping better. You feel it. You feel rejuvenated. You have a little more energy. You want to drink more water during the day. You can become a little bit more active. When, when you start to sleep better, you see an improvement in your performance, right? Because you're rested. You're recovering. Your muscles are repairing. Boom. Ready, ready to go the next day. If I don't get a good quality night of sleep for my, before my race or two days before my race... Sometimes I can pull it through, definitely, definitely. Um, You know, scale and talent can also take over. But I don't feel like I'm going in the line in the best ready state. And it's something that's like two nights ago. Who knew that could affect my Saturday morning race? It's crazy. Performance can improve over time once you establish that consistency. You can feel a little more motivated as well. Like I said, your mood's unaffected. You're not as irritable. You feel a little bit more motivated. Actually, you can start cooking healthier and focusing on your health more because you feel more in tune with your body. You feel like your hunger cues are on point. You can start to cook a little healthier because why? Because you're more motivated. Because you're doing better in the gym. You're doing better in the in the cycle bar. You're doing better in running. Um, and that can lead to an overall motivation that's unlike anything else. And what do you do? You want to go to the grocery store, buy the healthy foods. You want to, you know, focus on your health, buy the good skincare. 
be more productive overall. So you can re- you can really track if you're making progress. Um, it's fun to do. It's fun to to look at and to see because it's something that we can control. So guys, that is to wrap up sleep. That is to wrap up the key ways to optimize it. Short, simple, yes. There's a lot that goes into it. Maybe take a little area where you can improve. One little area, two areas, I don't care. I'm going to try a bunch because right now I'm not sleeping great. And if you bear... If you have bared with me for these past couple episodes, I truly, truly, truly want to thank you. Um, And I just want to say that I'm not trying to be like anybody else. Um, I'm just trying to be me. And, you know, reading over all this stuff and listening to part one of this episode, it suddenly hit me. And reading over some of this stuff in this episode, I'm like, whoa, you know? I have a lot to work on and oh boy, (laughs) oh boy, am I fully not sharing it, you know? I mean, I have definitely come a long way and I will never not acknowledge that and I'm so blessed to be able to grow and learn about myself in ways that I never knew I could, but I'm sitting here after an appointment with my dietitian and Yes, I still go to one. Um, You can always learn new things. Never be afraid to admit that. Um, And, you know, just because I'm studying to be one doesn't mean I have all the answers. I still like seeking guidance from people who are now mentors to me. And, you know, I don't have all the answers, so I still go to one. It's really, really helpful for me to, to hold myself accountable. But I'm like, in the appointment, I'm like, wow, there's still things that I do in my nutrition exercise practice that like are truly hindering my quality of sleep. We're going to be, you know, we got into caffeine a little bit and I got to be honest, like I don't have a healthy relationship with it right now. I use it sometimes to like get me to the next meal or get me to that activity or get my mood through because I know I didn't sleep enough. So I'm like, well, fire up the French press because who do I have a full day that I need to get through? But I, I hear it all the time too. I hear girls say, and, and maybe guys do too, but I'm not really paying attention to that. But, you know, girls in my, in my life, they say, you know, well, I don't have breakfast. I just have coffee and I just whatever. And it's like, and they're like, well, I'm never hungry for breakfast. And I'm like, well, coffee suppresses your appetite. You don't think you're hungry because... Your horm- your hunger cues are being blocked. They're being, you know, and I fall into it sometimes. I do. When I'm, like, actually hungry, I'm like, I just have breakfast. I don't need anything. And I fire up a cup of co- or pot of coffee. I realize that. I, I realize it sitting, and I sat in the appointment, and I truly admitted it, and I felt like a fraud for talking about this. Because I, I wrote out all the tips beforehand, and laid them out in an outline form kind of and I was like looking at it and I was like I'm gonna be talking about this but am I doing it and you know it's moments like that where you have this like existential crisis you have this identity crisis like who am I who am I what am I doing what am I preaching what are people gonna listen to me because I are they gonna see through me you know and I hear girls say that all the time I don't have breakfast I have coffee 
I challenge you if you were that person to like go without it at first and try to have breakfast and I guarantee your hormones will balance out. I guarantee your cortisol is going to be brought down a lot because adding caffeine to cortisol, boom, jitters, not good for you. You feel the crash later. And when you have that blood sugar crash, what do you do? You really want a meal. You want a meal and you shove it in and then your blood sugar is all fluctuating. And to be honest, under eating can actually put you in a pre-diabetic state as well. And that's something that I didn't really know before looking at and in, looking into it. And, you know, having that caffeine matching the cortisol, having a big meal later in the day or having not enough and having all these blood sugar Rage. fluctuations can inhibit the sleep in and of itself. So I thought I would touch on that because I hear it too often of people like playing off breakfast as if it's a pride thing or if it's like something to brag about. And I don't think it is because essentially it's affecting your health on a way larger scale than just like you th- you think you're just like cutting some calories out. So... You know, I had that realization that maybe I haven't come all the way. And, you know, maybe it's a habit that I subconsciously still do sometimes. Um, Maybe these thoughts, like, maybe they never truly go away. I don't know. Maybe you just learn to, like, overcome them and maybe just learn to cope with them in different ways. But I don't know. All I know is that I'm going to start freaking working on it and start prioritizing it and start being more aware of these subconscious things that I pick up on and you know um I also think it's a lot easier for you to fall back into old habits when we're like not awake right when we're not in our tip-top mental or physical shape if you didn't get a good night of sleep, it's easier for you to do those habits that do not serve you to, to eat something extra, to, you know, drink extra coffee and not have enough or, you know, to neglect your responsibilities or to, to not do your routine that would get you off to the right foot. And I think that I noticed that, you know, I'm not getting a lot of good sleep right now. So I'm falling back into old habits, like straight up, straight up, um, and I could, I could just kind of sense this when I was recording the first episode, um, the first part of this. I could just sense that I was off, and I could sense that I was going in a direction for this podcast, like based on the layout that I had for the next few weeks, I felt like this... I just felt off and I felt like I wasn't going in the right direction. And I felt like I was trying to fill the space of like what those wellness leaders like did for me, like listening to their podcast, like I get this sense of fulfillment. I get this sense of empowerment. And I just wanted to like be that for somebody else, but I was doing it in their way, I think, or I was trying to do it in their way and I'm not really doing it from my way. So from here on out, like I need to trust my intuition because honestly, it's a gift that I have. Um, I have very strong intuition. I am a very intuitive person. I can reflect very easily. I can notice when something is off in my life, you know, and I notice that in friendships, when I'm in a group of people and I'm like, no, mm -mm, these aren't, no, these are not the right people. And then I, you know, it takes, it may take a while, but I eventually get out of the situation 
I actually had something like that 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 got me to where I am today, uh, freshman year. And I am very, very, very fortunate. I know some people are not, but I'm very fortunate to figure things out pretty quickly. I think I follow my intuition pretty quickly, um, if not right away, at least semi-soon, so that I can get on the right path. And freshman year, you know, I was in pre-med. I was a pre-med student freshman year. And I just remember having this moment of like, yep, nope, this is not what I'm going to do. And it like got, it got like started by, I was sitting in class and the kid across from me in Matt and Cal class was like, guys, 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 we really need to know this for chapter 12. And I was like, oh, like, you know, leaning in to hear what he told his friends. Cause I was like, oh, maybe it'll be on the exam or like, maybe I need to know it. Like, I'm going to get the inside scoop here. The student knows what he's talking about. And he said, to his friends, he was like, we need to know it for the MCAT. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. And then each little thing, you know, they noticed all the people in my classes were just very hyper competitive and it was a toxic environment. And maybe that's not everyone's case, right? Maybe there's some awesome people out there. I definitely know it. I know that it's not everyone's situation, but I felt so out of place. I was like, why are we learning? Why are we talking about the MCAT? I'm a freshman. I just got here like a month ago. What? I'm trying to figure my life out. Like, I'm trying to freaking get through the day. Not alone, not alone study for the MCAT as a 18 year old. It was just like one of those moments where I just, you know, it kickstarted the reflection. It kickstarted like, do I want to do this? Do I really want to do this? What do I like about it? Why am I doing this? And every time we would learn about like metabolism or something in class, I would be like, oh, that's so cool. And like, obviously I had this whole passion of like healthy eating. So like that went along with it. And then boom, I was like, you know what? My path is dietetics. And I've been happier ever since. And so I have that kind of intuition and I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm very fortunate, I think, to be able to recognize it and to act on it very quickly. And luckily I'm in the beginning stages of this podcast and I'm just trying to figure my shit out, you know, and I'm just trying to figure out like what's going to help people, what people are going to like a little bit more, what people are going to respond to a little bit more. And I just had that moment last week of just like an complete and utter crisis because I was like no this isn't it this isn't it I don't like what I'm putting out I don't like it I feel like I'm being fake I feel like I'm not sharing my full story because I'm afraid to and there was so much fear in that and I never want that to to rule my actions right I I always want to have the purest intentions and I always want to have you know like something beneficial to put out into the world so you know what, guys, I'm going to do better and I'm going to get real. And for the next few weeks, the the perfect lineup that I had written down is going to be erased. And I'm going to get into topics that I can actually relate to and share my experiences because I know I'm not the only one going through them. I know it. I know some people can relate to some of the things that I'm going through as well. And maybe not in the exact way, but in something similar, you know, you can flip, you can turn my words into whatever scenario that you're going through and you can just just, you know, find solidarity in that fact. So, um, I thank you for listening. I thank you for listening to my piece on not only optimizing your sleep, but also where I think this is going to go. And if you listen all the way, you know, through this rant, you're the MVP. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you listening out there. I want you to know that I'm real 
and I'm here and I want you to know that my episodes may be long but I'm just starting out and I'm just sharing my thoughts in the most authentic way I can so you know if it's an hour eh, so be it um And, um, you know, you think these two episodes can help in your sleep. I really hope you implement some of the habits. Um, and if you think that they can help someone else, definitely spread that and share that along. Um, don't forget to catch up with me on Instagram and tag me at holistically Sam. When you, when you listen, you know, screenshot the episode and put it on your story. Um, I love you guys. I'm here for you. Let's get better together. Um, have a great week and I will talk to you soon.